This is Blake Hunter with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, and you are listening to Success in Iowa. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Success in Iowa. I'm Todd Studer, and we are joined in studio today by Doreen Blakely, owner of Modern Matriarch Distillery in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Doreen, thank you so much for your time. You and I have talked several times over well, the past year or so, um, maybe a little bit less, and uh, on a different podcast, and we also seem to always get connected at different business meetups. It's just been a lot of fun, and I've loved learning about your story. Well, thanks for having me, Todd. Let's begin with what Modern Matriarch is. What product do you sell? Okay, we sell American-made rum. So it's small batch, craft distillery. And when we talk about American-made rum, it's not your traditional rum. So if you haven't been a rum drinker before, it's time to start. Because whether you like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, flavored vodkas, whatever it might be, there's probably a brand that we make that emulates that, unlike traditional rums that you've had from the Caribbean. And it's because of how we double distill when you began this distilling process, did you have a fairly clear idea of what the final product was going to be, or were you learning as it was happening? Uh, definitely learning as we went, because we originally started this process thinking we were going to do bourbon and whiskey like everybody else. So we had done our learning curve on that, but then we became, um, we found some equipment that solely made rum. And we decided to buy the rum. So from day one, we had no idea what we were doing. Is it a big difference uh, in the type of equipment? I'm a novice. I wouldn't have any idea. There is a huge difference. And the minute I saw the equipment, I looked at the guy and I was like, we can't make bourbon whiskey with that. And he's like, no, it's rum. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about rum. Um, It's how the heating elements are a part of the equipment where rum can handle our, our wash um, you put it in the barrel and the heating element is with inside the barrel. So it doesn't matter what happens inside those heating elements because they're not going to burn out. Now, if we put a mash bill that had grain products making bourbon whiskey inside that barrel and then the grain hit the elements, it would burn, ruin the whole batch. So generally with bourbons and whiskeys and vodkas and any grain-based spirits, they're in jacketed stills. So the heating elements are on the outside of the kettle. When you began or you made the decision that you were going to start this business, how much of this information did you have? (laughs) Zero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those type of people that go, hey, that sounds fun. Let's figure it out. So why do it then? Why, Why have the distillery? Well, for me, I've always looked for a legacy for my kids. And I've had businesses before. However, they weren't any business that I could pass along to them. Um, For me, a legacy is a very important thing because I didn't really have it growing up, but family is very important to me. And for my children, I wanted to make sure that I left something behind. Now what they do with it is completely up to them. But at least um, I was looking at ways, things, something new, something different that, you know, I could leave to the kids. And my business partner came to me one day and he said, we should like start a distillery. And at that point, I'm like, wow, it's a product that I could leave behind. I could, you know, put my touch on it. I don't know anything about it. Sounds very challenging. And and so I was like, yes, absolutely. I mean, the light just came on. Let's make it happen. 
How did your kids respond to it when you first brought the idea to them? Because obviously you're hoping one day that they will take it over. So how involved were they in the process? <laughs> uh, you have to know my children. They go, yeah, mom. Okay. One more thing. Here we go. Um, <laughs> and it, actually from even the creating the name, the brand, um, because it's Matriarch Distillery and initially all of the branding was supposed to be just Matriarch. And when my partner said, hey, we should start this, I said, the hardest thing about starting a company is naming it and having a brand and uh, a URL. Where do you go from there? And I'm like, I struggled with the last companies I made as to how to name them, how to have a logo, you know, creation, everything. And I was actually talking to my children and my partner said, why don't you call it Matriarch? Because that's what you are. And my grandmother was a very strong matriarch as well. And I was like, well, that's a cool name. Somebody's probably already got it. But let me look. And I did my searches and I was like, get out of here. Okay. And yeah, he's just, you know, I was talking to the kids and he's just like, you are your matriarch. So let's do that. And the kids and my daughter's very much like me. So mini matriarch comes into play a lot. But when it came to like creating the logo, the branding, and of course this was going through COVID, we're all on a Zoom call with my marketing professional and we're like, no, move the letter this way. No, move the letter that way. No, can it be a different font? The entire family was part of that. Let me see how close I can get to naming all the different flavors you have because I honestly don't know if I've, if I've got a complete list or not. Uh, you have the silver rum. Correct. You have amber rum. Correct. You have salted caramel rum. And is it strawberry lemonade? You got them. And that's, that's what you have right now. That's the four, yes. That's the four that you have. So I'm curious when you're doing this, the first batch that came out, let's just pick the strawberry lemonade flavor. Uh, the first batch that came out, did, did you keep the recipe or did you throw it out? Oh, kept it. Yeah. It, it, right from the beginning, it worked. Yeah. With a lot of research, it's more a matter of what you mix with it. I think that is for the challenge and strawberry mojitos is definitely the bomb for anything with strawberry lemonade. But our core product, the silver that we use, the silver is what is actually mixed with flavorings to make the salted caramel and the strawberry lemonade. So we know the base product takes on almost any flavoring that you add with it. So hence, when you have a, when you drink silver, if you love cranberry vodkas, I definitely recommend adding cranberry juice to the silver rum. And you'd be surprised on how close it tastes. And it actually is better. I've got a niece that will only drink the silver because it doesn't give her a headache. Um, she was a vodka drinker before, a lot of different things before. But now, I mean, it's a isolated to that's She won't even share it with anybody. Um, she's from Minnesota, so she comes down and buys what she needs and won't share it with her friends because it just doesn't give her a headache. And it's because of how it's made. Let's jump back to the beginning of the process with the company. How much research did you do into what it was going to take to sell this product? Because you can, you can make and distill all the bottles you want, but they're just going to sit in your garage or anywhere else like that unless you're able to make sales. So how much research went into that before you began? Probably not enough uh, when it comes to, you know, you know, build it and they will come kind of theory, realizing that the market is very saturated, but knowing that really wanting to make a presence in Iowa, put Iowa on the map. It's more about getting out there and finding the time to be able to do all is a challenge. So in the past, I've been responsible for all of the operations of the business. My son helps tremendously on the warehousing of the spirits. 
And my business partner already has a full-time job. So it's on his part-time that he's supposed to be out there working the sales piece of it. But we definitely enjoy meeting the individuals, doing tastings, going out there, doing our products. And I think it's just a matter of time. And one of the largest struggles we have is we don't have a tasting room. And that is because Pottawatomie County requires an ADA compliant bathroom. And the building we have our distillery in right now doesn't have one, nor does it have room right now until I clean out some spirits. I need some <laughs> barrels moved and then I could probably do that, but that'll come in time. And so when people try the product, they love the product, they want to see how it's made, they want to come and experience that. That's been my greatest hurdle right now when it comes to sales is because I can't bring people in to share that experience with them. Do you think that ultimately the majority of the sales will just come out of that future facility you're talking about? I do. I think when people actually come in, meet us, experience it, because most people, the hardest thing in sales is most people don't like rum. And they go, oh, because they think Jamaican rum. And when I, if I told you how it's made, you probably wouldn't like it either. It, it, we tried it, didn't want to do it again. So when it comes to rum, they're just like, oh, well, I've never done it because it's just, ugh. And it's because it's dunder, it's very funky, it, there's weird things that happen to rum, but we take that all out of the process. And so it's a matter of getting them to taste it. I mean, you're an advocate for that. We just got you to taste it. Sure. And then you're like, yes, oh my gosh, where has this been? And just like that text you showed me the other day, I wanted to tell my partner about it all. And I couldn't, I didn't get all the wording <laughs> down. And when people try it, they're like, oh my gosh, I want to know more. And I love telling the story and getting out there. So I think it's just really a matter of time. Perseverance. How have sales been so far? Lacking. Just because of, well, my business partner, also the sales guy, has had several surgeries in the last two years, which makes him immobile. But we're through that now, so I'm looking forward to 2023. And have you been in the distilling process through all of this and, and your, your stock going up, or has everything just kind of been paused while you were waiting on everything to come together? The last couple of months, I paused it. I had used up all the... Um, ingredients that I had. And when I said, when I got to that point, we have enough in storage and amber, and we've actually got another product that is in brand new barrels. So it'll come out like a bourbon. People love it. It's a private reserve. So we've only got so many barrels assigned to that specific recipe. And we're using Colombian sugar in that as well. And so it's just a matter of timing to say, when do we let that go out on the market? When we can focus more time on having a tasting room, bringing people to us and using our time a little bit more wisely of having people come to us versus us having to go out to each and individual location. One of the uh, things that I think attracts me to your story is you and I are a little bit of kindred spirits because uh, we are both um, launching a business. You're ahead of me, but uh, we're not in our 20s. No. No, not at all. Maybe so. 30s. The 30-something, I'm not sure if it's years, but... <laughs> How many times we went over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's, I find it encouraging when there's someone else that I can relate to that's going through some of the same things. And, and I think that for me, it is, okay, I've, I've still got plenty of time. I'm not, you know, that, but I don't have the luxury of saying that I have all the time in the world. And if there's some things that I want to accomplish, I got to get on it. I can't just sit back and wait for things to come to me anymore. That philosophy didn't work for a lot of years. So 
<laughs> that's part of the reason why we're sitting in this facility that we're sitting in right now is because I realized I don't have time to mess around anymore. I got to make a decision. I got to pull the trigger and we got to get going. And I kind of sense that about you as well, that you just felt if we're going to do something, we need to do it right now. I don't get to sit on my hands anymore and just wait for things to come. Yeah. My partner can attest to that because Minity came up with the idea and I'm off for the races and he's just like, slow down, slow down. Um, I don't think he knew how serious I was when he originally came up with the idea, but you're right. And one thing everyone needs to understand and we know is life is short. You know, it could be today, it could be 20 years from now, whatever it might be. Do your passion. And I think that's where you are now embracing your passion at any risk associated with it. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That because life is short, if you're not following that passion and the love of what you want to do and the love for my children sustains me on every decision. And I'm, I take that into consideration every time I make a decision as to the ramifications for the future, not my future, but future generations. For me, two things happened uh, that, that really shifted my perspective. And the first one was when I turned 50. Now, that's been over four years ago now. But uh, when I, I remember that evening, it just, for a while, I was really struggling with it. And it, it just kind of felt like a fulcrum in life that, okay, we have everything before 50 and everything after, and I just don't have time to mess around anymore. And that was, that thought was forming in my head as I'm going through the evening. And then a couple of years ago when my father passed away and my dad was young when he had me. So, you know, he was only 20 when I was born. So he was not that much older. And that just really solidified it in me. And you talked about how short life is that there's things I want to see. There's things that I want to do. And in order to be able to accomplish all of these things, I need a vehicle to get there. This is my vehicle uh, where we're sitting here with these studios. That's what this is for me. And that's my motivation. Um, it sounds like your motivation was a little bit different. Uh, you, your focus was on your children. My kids aren't going to want this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's built on you, just like my previous companies. My right. previous companies were built on me. Exactly. And when I passed, I, I knew that nothing was going to happen. Right. So it, that's, that's the idea. And, and, you found, I believe, a unique place to put your efforts and your knowledge and your drive to accomplish something. There's not anybody else around here distilling rum that I'm aware of. No. Not, not, you know, we're in Pottawatomie County in, in Western <laughs> Iowa. And, you know, there's a rum distillery here, really? Yes, there is. And it's actually putting out a pretty good product. You know, so getting the word out and letting folks know, I... I still believe, and we've talked about it before, that at some point it's going to be like a fuse finally getting to where the ignition is and you're just going to go crazy. And and I'm curious whether you feel you're ready for that. I'll make myself ready. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Um, I look forward to that day. Absolutely not. I, I believe it's the same focus that you just mentioned that it's like it will happen and I'm very patient and I've got all the faith in the world that if this is meant to be, it will happen. And it's just a matter of I've got to be patient for the timing. But I am preparing myself for when that day comes, we can take it on. Yeah, my son will be there right by my side. We've 
spoken with a lot of different people over this year, different meetups and things like that. I've yet to meet anyone that says, yeah, I don't really care for it. That's, I, I don't hear that ever. All I hear is just what a wonderful product it is. And for me, that means once the knowledge gets there, then it's, it's going to be the business version of going viral. Uh, it's just going to start to take off. And in the meantime, you are navigating all of the different rules and regulations because trust me, I went into a business where I got rid of the government I don't have to mess with the FCC anymore the way I did in radio. You, however, went into a business where it's nothing but regulations. Yes. And um, trying to find people to educate you on those regulations to make sure you are within guidelines is one of the greatest challenges. It's not a matter of following them. It's knowing what they are that in our circumstances, how it applies. Um, Because we're not a Jack Daniels. You know, we're small craft. Things happen differently in a small distillery than something that's, you know, micromanaged by scientists and a lot of equipment that does what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, it it is a challenge to be in a very regulated industry. But that also just makes sure that it's safe for consumers. That's an important aspect and that no one's out there just willy-nilly putting stuff together because it can kill you. If, If you don't make it right, your product can kill people. Well, there's no pressure there at all. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heaven forbid that the headache was the only problem that you had, but people can go blind from it. They can, yeah, they can die from it if it's not made correctly. Is there a department that helps to educate anyone in the business like you're in about all of those regulations, or is it just, here's the regulations, it's up to you to learn them? There you go, second. That's what it is. Yep, good luck with that. And then to try to call somebody and say, okay, but how does that apply to me? Yeah, and then get a call back. I'm still struggling on that because I've got a question lingering out there that they haven't responded to me. So I'm just like, okay, well, let's just figure this out. And let's be logical about it because really the law is just to protect us. So what did they mean behind that? Okay, well, then do the best you can until somebody tells you differently. Any immediate plans uh, that are sitting out there that you have to advance your business? Yes, I've recently acquired land from a divorce situation that I've owned for many years and uh, working right now to navigate the high costs of lumber to be able to create a destination for that distillery. So it's patience with the economy right now and investing in a place that's going to be a, a dream come true. And the the supply chain may be improving but it's not at all where it needs to be yet. And I, I'm dealing with that here with trying to get uh, certain furnishings into these studios that been on order since June. And now we're recording this. It's nearly the end of December. Oh, and, wow. and we still don't have them yet. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can relate to a, a lot of what it is that you're going through. But I can also imagine that that destination that you're talking about. And at that point... I'm guessing it's going to open up a lot of other avenues for you as well. Yeah, because we're in the bee business now, because the bees are tying the rum industry to my land. And so this was my first year of collecting honey. Really? So I've got pure honey. Eventually, maybe make mead or something associated with or add the, have a brand that has honey added to it to make it sweeter, closer to maybe a Caribbean rum. But yeah, in the bee business, it's a crazy ride too. But the the fact of bees and the matriarch within a bee colony, the queen bee, 
All the workers are females. Everything that happens within that hive are females. Drones have one purpose, and after that, they die. And that's what they're created for. I, you guys can do the research I on know, the rest of yeah, that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, that is so wonderful. And, you know, when you talk about sales and the regulations of this industry, one of the, the hardest things is when people do try it, they're like, this is awesome. Where do I get it at? And they go in their store, and it's not there. Well, the challenge is, is they don't ask for it. And that's what some of those managers are looking for is the demand showing up before they actually bring it in. It's available for them to bring it in, but they don't have people asking for it. So when people try it, I just highly recommend that they go to wherever they shop, doesn't matter, walk in, say, do you carry this? And if not, can you get it? And that will solve some of the um, supply issues that we have. Well, with our location, we are I mean, located right on the border between Iowa and Nebraska, and we are less than an hour north of Missouri, but it makes a big difference to what state you're trying to sell in, and it, it's sometimes it can almost make it impossible for you, can it? Yes. Yes, because Iowa's what's considered a control state. So all of our alcohol goes through the state of Iowa. It goes up to Ankeny before it's distributed to any uh, bars, restaurants, Class E. And going over to Nebraska, it's a distribution state. So instead of a state handling it, then you've got to rely on a distributor. And a lot of times they're still greasing the palms associated with whether or not how hard they're going to work on getting your product out there. So yes, that has its challenges. Right now we're still in Nebraska, but if the distributor chain doesn't change in Nebraska, we'll just focus 100% on Iowa. And I mean, they can just cross the river. It's, it's close enough. Well, and it's also, I mean, if you take a look at where you're located at and then you draw a radius around it, it kind of cuts off uh, a lot of what ordinarily would be an area where you'd be able to sell. And and I think we'd mentioned, or you and I had visited before, before we were recording this, that uh, Missouri is just not even on the table right now, right? No, I don't even know what their laws are. If they're a distribution state, three-tier control state, I don't know what they are. And Shipping alone, I mean, we all understand I just shipped a small box to my sister for Christmas and it was $10 just to ship a Christmas package. So I was like, wow. And so shipping is a is a big deal when it comes to, it's one thing shipping it to the state and getting it across the river. It's another thing to ship it to whole, you know, down south. It's, there's so many things that go into what it is that, that you are doing that I just don't have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to feel a little guilty. Uh, you know, I don't have shipping costs. I don't have, I'm a service industry. I, you know, it's, and, you know, people just come to me and they sit down and they do like you're doing here or we record them online or, or anything like that. And there's just so much more involved in the business that you have, have chosen. And I know how busy I am. It just, I, I don't know where you keep it all straight and because my brain was, is already leaking. Well, I had 25 years in the service industry. I, I was executive recruiting for 25 years. So I produced talent. That was one of the hardest, most challenging sales roles anybody could ever have because I had an opinion on both sides of the equation. Um, and then bringing them together. And I had a successful career in that. So I figure a product that if I just make it well, it'll be so much easier. <laughs> I have a friend that... Um... 
he and his wife live in Colorado, and she does exactly what you're talking about. Kind of a recruiter uh-huh. is what she does. And I was talking with her about the sales process of what it is that I do. And I said, I'm very good once I can sit down and I'm actually talking to someone. But it's getting that meeting and getting that initial conversation going. And she said, well, what do you think sales is? <laughs> Suck it up and do it. I mean, that's basically what she told me. And I thought, well, all right, <laughs> that's that's what it is. So that's why I'm out there and I go to the business meetups and I'm an uh, active member of the Chamber of Commerce and I belong to business referral groups and different things like that. That That's why I'm doing all of these things because if people don't know about me, then we're not going to get anywhere. It's the same with people don't know about your product, then it makes it a lot harder. Yep. And you're selling yourself and your skills and it's more you than having a product. I can teach people how to make my rum. I could never teach people how to do recruiting. So it, it's a trans, it's not a transferable skill right. in recruiting or just sales. You're the good at it or you don't like it. <laughs> Or you tolerate it or you do it or whatever. Well, that's true. (laughs) You know, and and I mean, having done sales for as many years as I did, and it was a matter of believing in the product, that that's half the battle. And just emulate who you are. And you come across on every association meeting that I've ever met you as this warm, caring individual that wants to benefit Iowa small business and help people achieve their goals. So you just showing up, and just saying who you are and what you do will spread the word and people will come to you. It's a very kind thing to say. Yeah, and, it's real. And, and, and I appreciate that. And, and Doreen, I thank you for your time of coming in and visiting with us again. And um, I, I hope that we can do it again. And as you get closer to opening that tasting room. And that would be fun. That destination. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing that become a reality. It's going to be a great addition to this area. I, I hope so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. She is Doreen Blakely with uh, Matriarch Distillery of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Thank you so much and continued success to you, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Todd. Merry Christmas. <laughs>